Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So the guests let me go for the first time this morning and welcome in longtime NFL vet, former Ohio State Buckeye. And now currently you can see him on the Big Ten Network. Hear him on SiriusXM. It's James Laurinaitis. James, I'm Andrew. You know Brian. What's going on this morning? Thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Uh, doing great. Let's just get to it, man. Uh, yeah, so, Iowa. Hmm. Uh, what's your takeaway from that? Uh, let's say butt whipping that, uh, yeah. and I don't mean to pile on here. I mean, I, I'm just uh, as shocked as anyone else. Uh, what's your takeaway from that game? Well, I was extremely shocked. Um, and I've, I've played Iowa and Iowa is a very difficult place to play. Um, especially when you're highly ranked and you go in there, it's a, um, Kirk Ferentz in the way that he does things, um, very old school football. You, and, and what was surprising to me was that when I was at the Penn State game the week before, and when you're watching that game, and I don't know if you felt the same way, I was just thinking, goodness, Penn State is making all these plays early on, but Ohio State, I felt, was just losing it. It wasn't like they were winning. You know, they were just, we were outgaining them. We were moving the ball. We were stopping them, but. Obviously, the kick return from Barkley, the the fade to Deshaun Hamilton, those are two plays where I'm like, goodness, it's 14-3, and we haven't even blinked. But Ohio State had been moving the ball offensively, right. total yards. You know, it felt different. Yep. Watching the Iowa game, um, it just looked like they lined up and were like, you know what, we're going to run our offense. We, we're going to attack your linebackers and safeties with our tight ends. Um, and, and I expected them to come out and – do what they did to Penn State, where they were trying to shorten the game. You know, let's run the ball really effectively early, um, make the game shorter, limit possessions to Penn State. They came out throwing on first down and being aggressive over and over against Ohio State and, and really had them on their heels. And you could really tell from watching that football game that that's the first time that defense had seen what a traditional pro-style offense looks like. You know, you can play all these spread teams, but when a team gets in two back, with Akron Wadley and just says, hey, you know what, we're in 22 personnel, two tight ends, two backs, we're going to run it right down your throat. You know, it's a simple zone plays. Can you stop it? <laughs> um, and it's, it's like they've never seen it before. It was eye-opening. That, that, that was big boy football. You, you're correct. And uh, last week versus Penn State, I, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Ohio State's still in this ballgame, even though they're down 18, they're down 15. They're still in this ballgame. Yep. You never felt like Penn State had control of it. And yesterday or, or Saturday, it was a totally different feel because Akron Wiley rushes for 119 yards, the first back to rush for over 100 versus Ohio State on, on, on the season. So I, I'm in agreement with you. This is Iowa saying we're going to punch you in the mouth and we're going to play old school football and see if you can hold up. And, of course, Ohio State couldn't hold up. And what compounded the problem was the fact that you had the four uh, interceptions. Yeah, and and I felt early, you know, obviously the first play of the game, you don't want to have a pick six, but still I felt early in that game, um, JT was still hitting some some explosive passes downfield, and I was just thinking, well, eventually they're just not going to be able to keep up, right? I mean, they're, I, that was my thought process. I was like, Ohio State's offense has been extremely efficient. Um, you know what, they 
great great job uh um jumping the route by Armani Hooker. Good job. Pick yeah. six but over and over you just you saw the deep ball to Dixon and, and the McLaurin, you're like, all right, they're gonna they're gonna you know, eventually the defense will step up and the O will pull away and, and you know, we'll be on to, to Sparty. And it just never occurred. Like the defense never gave the O a chance and then as you saw when J T and I love J T but when you're when you're playing from behind and you get in that kind of crunch moment of and it's amazing how quick it can change in football, as you know. The, you know, a week ago, everyone's saying Heisman, he's the hero, and now in Columbus, everyone's like, "See, I told you, JT Barrett is like." I'm like, listen, when you're when when you play that position in the second half, and your defense isn't getting you a stop, and you're saying to yourself, every single possession has to be points. That's a that is a crazy amount of pressure to go through emotionally two weeks in a row, and not making excuses for him. He played bad. He'll admit it. And and really, it just it was one of those. It was it was such an anomaly because we don't expect this from Urban Meyer teams, um, especially within the within the the Big Ten. You know, goodness, if they would have lost by three, by by even you know a touchdown, you say, all right, chalk it up to to being a tough place to play in Kinnick. But the fact that it was fifty five points, you're just like, <laughs> man, that's that's one of those. And I mean, that was the most points put on them since since the ninety four game when. Kerry Collins in Penn State put it on uh, my old coach Luke Fickle, who was my mm-hmm. D coordinator. He, if we ever brought that game up, you, you know, it still hurts him to this day. <laughs> and so this is crazy. To, I still am a shot that Iowa put fifty five up. Well, still J- James, I think fans, um, you know, get angry sometimes when we talk about players not being ready to play or having a hard time kind of bouncing back from a big game. But I mean, it is difficult to put everything into Penn State, get that kind of an emotional win, and then immediately you know, reshift your focus onto a new team, even on the road. And sometimes there is, I guess there is a hangover, right? You know, there, there can be. Um, the thing is, is, is I've, I've been around Coach Meyer enough now to know that he is such a good motivator. Um, I think even now in his career, and, and there was an article about it recently, about how he's kind of transferred from an X's and O's guy to more of a, you know, kind of a, a, a motivator, um, a guy that just wants to get the mo. He loves like the the what's the new the new mission. Like I think if you heard any of his interviews last week, you know he talking about how he treats his guys as elite warriors. And when elite warriors execute a mission in the army, they celebrate for 24 hours and they get their next mission. You know, like he loves that mindset type stuff. Um, I truly believe that if there was any like just messing around during the week, um, he kind of would have put an end to it and would have would have been quite frankly honest about it and vocal about it. He's just, a, he's a blunt coach. You listen to his interviews. You're like, okay, well maybe he doesn't like to be there half the time, but he'll give you an honest answer at least. Um, and I just, I didn't feel like it wasn't a, an emotional thing with them. I feel like literally Iowa just was like, we're going to come out and punch you in the mouth. And they didn't know how to react. It was crazy. I, I honestly don't know. Um, still, I watched the game again last night. I'm still trying to figure out. What well, the heck first of all, I'm, in, I'm impressed by that. that you watch it again. Good for you. Well, you're tougher than hey, me. You know, it, it, listen, when you're in this line of work, you, you can never be too overprepared. You just never know. You never know what the producers are going to throw at you today. I can't. <laughs> we do a show every week called Buckeye Weekly for Sports Time Ohio that's filmed in Big Ten Network, but it shows on uh, local Sports Time Ohio. And I'm like, it's all Ohio State stuff. I'm like, that's going to be a, a really fun show today. <laughs> <laughs> James Because yeah, like, the, the reality is they have they have Michigan State with Mark D'Antonio coming into town, coming off a huge win and and – Sparty has always played Ohio State well and Urban Meyer. They've they've been a bigger thorn in our side than than even Michigan has the last I would say ten years, dating back to the '98 when they upset Ohio State in Columbus. 
and Mark D'Antonio is doing a great job up there. So if they don't get their emotions back this weekend, they won't even be going to, to Indianapolis representing the Big Ten East two weeks off of you know the biggest game in college football. It's crazy. James Laronitis, college football analyst for the Big Ten Network, longtime NFL linebacker and All-American, a legend there at Ohio State, joining us on CBS Sports Radio, G.O. and Jones. You, you mentioned Penn State. This would have been a huge opportunity for them if they were able to get that win. I know they had difficult circumstances with the huge rain delay or weather delay, lightning in the area during that game versus Michigan State. Have you had a chance to, to look at that one and, and decipher uh, what occurred? What was the downfall for, for Penn State? Yeah, you know, it it's it was it was really interesting to watch that game and to think for one how efficient Brian Lewerke has been for Michigan State and the emergence of of him. I mean, back to back four hundred yard games through the air. Um, I think it was more the fact of him making plays uh down the stretch than it was and Penn State wasn't making and that was a surprising thing. They they had Mick sorely uncomfortable. They obviously bottled up Saquon Barkley early. Um, still, whenever whenever I watch Penn State play, anytime Barkley touches the football, I just hold my breath. But I think what their weaknesses are starting to get exposed. People know that their offensive line isn't able to hold up as you know as well as you would like them to. And as far as for the for the amount of elite talent that they have, their offensive line really just can't give McSorley time to be comfortable and can't give Barkley time to, to really get going anymore. You look at the last really since Indiana. When they played the Hoosiers, I mean, the Hoosiers had Barkley bottled up for a half. I think he only had 70-something yards in that game. He was under 100 uh, rushing. And then Northwestern, they had him to, I think, negative one a half or one yard a half. And then Patty Fisher gets ejected, the linebacker from Northwestern, yeah. for who I really like for targeting. Um, and then, you know, Saquon has like a 60-yard run after that. But he, he finished still with like 70-something yards, and one of them was a 60-yarder. And then Ohio State, he had the one big 30-yard run and nothing after. And and then this week against Sparty. So it, it, was, it was, I think Penn State, you're right, though. If if they win that game, even on a field goal late, you're saying to yourself, well, goodness, is this, is this a situation like last year where maybe Penn State can get hot down the stretch and mm-hmm. sneak in, you know? And, and unfortunately, now you're you're looking for the, the big tech team's going to get in. It's going to have to be. Wisconsin rolling. They just can't win out. Wisconsin has to roll out. Like Wisconsin has to be impressive against Iowa this week so that people look at it and say, well, gosh, if Iowa beat Ohio State like that and then Wisconsin steamroll Iowa, you know, and kind of does one of those matchup things. And then, you know, you hope that Ohio State <laughs> looks impressive on the way out. So when they meet in Indy, that's the only chance the Big Ten has at getting a team in there. Um, otherwise, they'll be, they'll be sitting outside looking in this year. Uh, meanwhile, James, how about those Rams, huh? <laughs> Man, how about that? I tweeted, I tweeted last night. I was excited for my guys that are, you know, there's still a lot of guys on that roster that I've gone to battle with, and and you're happy to see them, knowing the frustration that you go through. Um, nothing like being in like week eight, knowing that you're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, you know. And <laughs> and so to have some of those guys that are going through this, and and knowing that they're in the driver's seat. Um, and not just hoping for things to turn, but actually being like, listen, we we are we are in control of the division, and to be so impressive. I mean, Sean McVay has to be coach of the year, right? I, just uh, yeah. You look at you look at the fact that I think last year I heard a stat this morning, and 
last year they scored, I think, on like 20, 20 or 20%, 22% of their drives, which is worse than the NFL. Now they're scoring on like 58% of their drives or something like that, which is best in the NFL. I think That's Doug true. Peterson would be in that number for Coach of the Year oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, hey, I wanted to ask yep. you because uh, you know, the Giants up here won one football game. They, they look horrible. Look like they quit uh, yesterday, a third and 33, and they give up a 52-yard uh, touchdown. Uh, you played on a one in fifteen Rams team. Your rookie year in the league, and, and having enjoyed all that success at Ohio State, then you enter into the league and you have to uh, deal with a season like that. How did you go about doing that as a rookie? I had I had to look. To be honest, I had to look at some of the real like the real vets that we had in our locker room. Guys like uh, Steven Jackson, um, OJ Atagwe, the safety from Stanford that was a vet at that time, and just very much. Um, had a lot of wisdom about him and, and basically explain it to you that you're not only obviously playing for your for your teammates and your guys, but you're playing for um, job security. You're, you're always, no matter what, like the front office will not care, um, will not care what the what the record is when they evaluate you and whether you know you're a guy that quit on your guys. It, there's there's a lot to play for. And for me, I've always loved the game of football so much, and when you're a rookie. You're like, heck, is it frustrating? Yeah, but I mean, what are we talking about? I'm playing in the NFL. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? This is this is my lifelong dream. You don't gotta get me fired up. The hardest thing is practice. Like, mm-hmm. and that's where you start to see things starting to fall apart. Is when guys, are you still gonna study as much? You can go out there and play on Sunday. Everybody's gonna be fired up on Sunday. But can you go out and really study film? Are you really kind of trying to find an edge in week 13, 14, 15 as you get down the stretch? Or are you just saying, goodness, all these teams run the same thing? You know, it's, it could be very easy just be like, especially against division opponents, right? It can be very easy to be like, oh, we played the Niners earlier. They're going to run, you know, the Harbaugh Niners. They're going to run power and counter and all this stuff. I don't even got to watch tape. You know, I can just sit here and right. go through plot practice. And that's the hard thing. Can you stay committed to all of that? Um, and I really was just trying to stay focused for one of, for one, when you're a rookie, you're still trying to prove yourself. But when, we went one and fifteen, seven and nine, or, or yeah, seven and nine, when the NFC West was terrible. Seattle beat us and went to the playoffs, and that's when Beast Mode's run happened against New Orleans. And then we went two and fourteen. So being in year three, where you're kind of like, I was trying to play for a contract year, and you're you know, or at least trying to get extended, and you're two and fourteen, and you're like, gosh, this isn't rookie year anymore. Like I've already had two years to kind of prove myself. Now you're really, when you're a vet and you go through that, you're like, okay, I have to keep, I have to keep going here now because. You want to be looked at as a leader, and you don't want – you can never, ever have your guys in your locker room look back and be like, man, that dude quit a couple games last year. Because then you lose all – I think you lose all respect. Hello, New York Giants. (laughs) After yesterday. Uh, James, that was good stuff. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon, hopefully. Yeah, anytime. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.